Hi everyone and welcome to the preview show ahead of Huddersfield Town's weekend Skybet Championship game at Reading. Delighted to be joined by two experts on the two teams that we're going to see in action this weekend. The uh, Yorkshire Live, Stephen Chicken. I still want to say examiner Steve, but I'm trying to train myself out. Uh, well, and Yorkshire Live, hello. Hello. So, Chan, uh, thanks for joining us today and, and welcome to the show. A massive thanks before we get started to Sports Broker, as always. Uh, obviously on Towns Kits this season, a big, big support of the preview and all our video work. So thanks to everyone at Sports Broker for making this possible. Steve, um, we'll start with Jonathan first, if that's okay. And I'm going to go into Reading a little bit. So bear with me while we go through this. I will get to you. But Jonathan, thanks for joining us. As you said, you're effectively Stephen's equivalent at Berkshire Live. So you cover Reading week in, week out. Uh, just give our fans a, a little glimpse into the through the looking glass into what's happening at Reading at the moment because from the outside in we see that the form hasn't been great as of late. Uh, seven games without a win, obviously a loss at home to, to Luton Town last night. You feel like there's always more to it than than perhaps what you see, but obviously it's a, it's a season where Reading have had an awful lot to deal with. Yes, very much so. Um, I don't know how long we've got on this podcast, but uh, we could spend <laughs> probably all afternoon uh, talking about Reading. Um, it's been a a very, very disappointing season. Um, it's the 150th anniversary year as well, and unfortunately it's not really going to plan at all. Um, recent form hasn't been good. Uh, they've been decimated by injuries uh, non-stop throughout the season. Um, there's a lot of uh, fan anger towards the, the club and the manager, unfortunately, and uh, results are, are going from bad to worse. Um, certainly even you know, this year, 2022, Started off with uh, letting a, a lead slip at home to Derby County, then got knocked out of the FA Cup by uh, sixth-tier side Kidderminster Harriers. Then got thumped um, by Fulham 7-0, um, lost at Middlesbrough at the last minute so over the weekend, and then produced a pretty woeful performance against Luton Town last night. So um, uh, all is all is not very well, unfortunately, here in, in Reading. It's uh, again, we're looking from the outside in, Jonathan. And uh, obviously, Huddersfield Town beat Reading 4 0 at John Smith Stadium very early on this season. And after that game, Reading went on a pretty good run. Uh, probably what was the best run of the season after that, it was almost like that shocked them into, into action. What has changed since that period to, to bring about this, this new period that you just talked about, do you think? I mean, I think that that was a slightly honeymoon period in terms of um, they managed to eventually get some players signed in the January transfer window. Um, they've been operating under a transfer embargo from the EFL for, for breaching profit and sustainability rules. Um, so in that respect, they, they could only do uh, loans and free agents and they were managed to, to get some players in. Uh, at the end, end, end of the window. Um, so in terms of get, allowing them to bed in, um, getting them used to their new surroundings, they finally kind of got up and running off that Huddersfield game and um, everything clicked uh, for a few weeks or so. They, they beat Fulham 2-1. Uh, they had some good home wins against um, Peterborough, Peterborough and Middlesbrough. Um, but unfortunately, it's all kind of tailed off. Um, say injuries have taken their, their toll uh, a lot, really. Um, Yaku Mate has been out all season. He, he's got 12 goals last season has been a real threat in, in Reading's side over the past few years, really, or so. Uh, Lucas Shaw got 20-odd goals last season. He's been uh, out for a, a really huge chunk of the season as well. Um, and taking him out of the side has, has, has taken away the, the main goal threat for Reading. Uh, and they've struggled to score goals and they've struggled to um, uh, stop her goals going in at the other end as well. So um, it's been sort of one after the other. They've uh, been letting leads slip as well. Um, the uh, confidence is very fragile. The mentality is uh, rather weak, I would say. 
And um, yes, they have a few couple of good results here and there. They, they, they won away at Birmingham City. Uh, they have won away at uh, Swansea City as well, a good 3-2 win at the end of uh, last year. But um, these results are kind of few and far between. And unfortunately, they just haven't got any momentum, uh, any consistency in their performances or results. Uh, and that's basically why they are uh, where they are at the the uh, stage at the stage in the in the championship table. Yeah, Jonathan. And another thing, you talk about scoring goals there, and and like you say, Mitre and Lucas Shaw being big misses. Andy Carroll stepped into that breach for a, for a period of time. Uh, I was reading your reports from from last night's game against Luton. I understand he was at the stadium, but obviously his contract ran out on the fifteenth of January. So. How big a, a potential loss or boost could that be, depending on Andy's situation coming into the weekend? Because he's certainly a player that all Championship fans are aware of, and, it, and he certainly carries a threat. Yeah, he's he's, he's been really brilliant for, for Reading ever since they got him on, on the two-month deal uh, in mid-November time. Uh, he only scored two goals, but um, two important goals, two good goals. Um, had two brilliant strikers against Fulham the other week, um, disallowed, unfortunately. Um, Reading want him to stay, the, the manager want him to stay, the fans want him to stay. Um, and arguably he's been, well, I don't think arguably really, he has been Reading's best striker this season, uh, despite um, not playing too many games. Um, he was at the game last last night. Um, st- he's still uh, mulling over the contract that Reading have offered him. Uh, there's a lot to weigh up for him because he's he's 33 now. He's he's not getting very much money at Reading, but he wants to be uh, well. He says he wants to be closer to his family who are, who are in Essex. Um, he's been linked with Burnley, so whether he wants to swap one relegation battle at Reading for another relegation battle at Burnley, um, who knows? Um, if by some miracle that Reading can um, uh, convince him and, and he manages to sign on, um, you know. If it's for the weekend, absolutely great for the rest of the season, uh, even better. Um, yeah, it would be, certainly be a huge lift because Lucas Shaw is not quite fully back fit yet. Uh, he came on as a substitute uh, at Middlesbrough on Saturday and also last night against uh, Luton. Uh, but I don't think he's quite ready to start a game. Uh, George Puskas is the other senior striker. Um, he's got one goal this season. Um, he's been um, nothing short of awful, unfortunately. Um, and uh, yeah, if, if Carroll can be... Uh, uh, registered in time for the game that would be great um he gives reading so much more of an attacking threat um he could hold the ball up well um and uh, you know he's got the ability to to change a game really steve it's hard listening isn't it when you when you hear about any club that's going through this period of time we've certainly had it here over the last few seasons then you look at it from a town perspective we're eight unbeaten in all competitions we're in good form but it means absolutely nothing in the championship most of the time. I think I watched Hull Blackburn last night and, and pretty much not quite as stark a difference in the form of Blackburn of being the best team in the league, arguably alongside Fulham for a good period now. They go there last night, get beat 2-0. This is the Skybet Championship, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think of town last year in the middle of, of that difficult run in the second half of the season and they beat Swansea 4-1 just sort of out of nowhere in the middle of that run and you know there's always the risk that that can happen if you know if someone has a, a you know a, a day like Dwayne Holmes had on that day and sort of everything he did just sort of came off for Reading uh, on Saturday then you know you need to be wary of it you know you can't go into any game with any any sort of sense of complacency in this division and you look at the players, I mean, 
the players that have been missing. But from the outside in, we've seen enough of, of Reading as an opponent over the last few years to know they've got some real quality in and amongst the side that's having a tough time at the moment. John Swift um, didn't have his best game last night by all accounts, but you know he's up there in the assist chart in the Championship with nine. He scored eight goals. Lucas Shaw is a player that's caused town problems for Reading till Wednesday and years gone by. You could go through a lot of the team and pick out the individuals. So there's threats there. Yeah, there are. But I think we, you know, I think we know that sometimes you need, when things are bad, sometimes you, you need something more than just sort of talented individuals on paper in your team. You need, um, you know, you need that cohesion, you need that belief. Um, but as you, as you say, there is a threat there. You know, again, it just goes back to there's no room for complacency. There are players that, that can threaten town. But I think also town will obviously, you know, Carlos will be looking for what his players can do. You know, we saw what a great performance Sorba Thomas had in particular in that 4-0. Uh, I think a lot of players were on good form that day, you know, and, and I think there was an element of uh, bad luck in the first half, certainly against Swansea. Lewis O'Brien had, you know, three three uh, saves made on him by Ben Hamer and then a fourth one late on as well. Um, so I think there's obviously going to be threat in both teams, but I think Carlos, whenever you speak to him, is always keen to press home. Look, we know that every team in this division is going to pose difficulties. It's all about what we can do. Absolutely. I think we talked about this in previous editions. You've certainly talked about it as well, Steve. The possible benefits of getting all our games on over the Christmas period. And, and this feels like the kind of week where you might, if you're ever going to feel that benefit, you might do. Reading played on Wednesday, albeit at home. Um, we haven't had a midweek game and it's been an unusually uh, quiet Christmas period, regular Christmas period. I don't mm. have to say there's not been a lot of periods where you thought, oh, I've got another game in three days or something mm. like that. We've had a real... Uh, free week coming into this game. When you're going, I know how much you love going down to Reading, Steve. I listened to uh, your fantastic podcast this week and it's not an easy journey for those who's coming from West Yorkshire. It, how much do you think we could try and feel the benefits of getting those games on over Christmas now when you've got a full week to build into a game? Yeah, I mean, when I've looked at it before, I've not found a huge statistical difference sort of between a team that's played in midweek versus one that hasn't. But... Um, what I think you could see is a benefit to those teams that aren't playing loads of games in a row. You know, the teams that have had a lot of postponements are going to have a lot more Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday kind of schedule. Uh, and I think that's where you sort of, you feel the toll of it. We saw it with, with Rotherham last season, for instance, you know, they ended up having to catch up on a, on a load of games and it, it really hurt their chances, you know? So, yeah, I mean, Reading have had a, a tough run both in their results and in terms of how often they've had to play. You know, they've had five games already this year since the turn of the new year where a town have only had uh, three. So, yeah, we might feel that pile up, but I think there's there's also an argument, you know, that there's a bit of momentum. And, you know, they, they had a run throughout December where they didn't have many games. You know, they didn't play... Uh, their last game of, of 2021 was on the 11th. So you think, well, maybe there was a bit of rust there and some of the players, and I know there's a couple of players back from injury as well. So I think you can look at it one or two ways, really. Jonathan, with everything you've said, what can Reading change, in your opinion? So given the players they have at the disposal, you talked about a couple of players coming back, possibly from the injury list. 
where do you think they go from here? Because is it okay from what you're saying? It feels like something needs to change on the pitch to bring around a better a turn of results. What what do you think Huddersfield Town? What do you think Town fans might see come the weekend in terms of trying something different or or, or a glimmer of hope for Reading fans? Uh, it's a good question because I mean you, you can't really fix confidence, you can't fix mentality overnight, can you? Um, I mean, I think the the big thing for for Reading uh, is that they should have their two senior fullbacks back, uh, Andy Yeardom and Baba Rahman, who've been away with uh, Ghana at Afcon. Uh, they were obviously expected to be away for longer, but Ghana were knocked out of the group stages of the competition. Uh, so having them back uh, is a big boost because Reading haven't had any uh, or don't have any backup or senior backups for them. Um, they played two youngsters last night: uh, Tyrrell Ashcroft at right back and uh, Ethan Bristow at left back. Uh, you know, who who put in a shift uh, and were, were good enough, but um, certainly not at the level of Rahman and Yidon. Uh So that gives a lot of um, more of a sort of an experience uh, and, and now in the back line and also sort of uh, attack, uh, attacking threat down the, down the flanks. Um, I mean, a lot of fans are calling for a you know, change of formation, playing perhaps two, two strikers up front. Uh, but it's not something that really Panovic tends to do, um, even though uh, Puskas has had a horrid time of it uh, this season. Uh, historically, he's best suited with, with someone else alongside him. So, um, I mean, I guess there's a, there's a very, very outside chance that perhaps uh, he, he might start with uh, Jao and Puskas up top um, because things are going to have to change because uh, they're only going one way at the moment and that's down. Um, they haven't got too much uh, ability to, to switch formations too much. I mean, they can go three at the back. They can uh, potentially go kind of three, four, three, three, five, two. Um, you know, they, they do have players who, who can do that, um, but whether they will do that, Panovic um, is kind of pretty much, uh, you know, he likes his, his four, two, three, one. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd love to see how that pans out. And, uh, you know, it all kind of depends on injuries as well. So, um, even though there's no, no new injuries, I think, from, from last night, uh, uh, thank God. Um, so in terms of what can change, uh, I don't think there'll be too much. Um, it's just about having that break, um, you know, a goal going off, a goal going in off someone's backside or uh, an own goal or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, if, if Reading can get in front in the game, then they will potentially have a chance. But I, I, I see, uh, you know, if Huddersfield getting the first goal, then... Uh, the results are only going to be in a way win. It always feels like that, doesn't it, when your team's in a bad patch, that the, the home zone goal for you from last night is the one that goes in your end, not the one you need desperately to go in in the other. Steve, isn't it interesting to... There's some parallels in what Jonathan just said there, talking about two strikers, and it's something that Carlos Corberan talked about post-match uh, to you after Swansea, and that he felt that that change where he brought Jordan Rhodes on to, to go up front as a two with Danny Ward made a positive impact. He, almost bemoaned the fact he hadn't done it earlier. I know it's something you, you've spoken about on your podcast, Uthabi Terrier, but is that something you feel like we might be moving towards at some stage? Maybe not Saturday, Steve, mm-hmm. but as, as a viable option moving forward, because it did have a positive impact against Swansea at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it, I think as Carlos sort of alluded to, it depends what personnel you've got available, doesn't it? Because I think specifically against Swansea, when after Danal Sonani went off injured at half-time, there wasn't really an out-and-out winger to bring on for him because Dwayne Holmes was was isolating. Obviously, Rolando Werens is injured. So there wasn't really a direct replacement there. Um, and he ended up sort of bringing Jordan on 86th minute. Uh, and 
as you say, sort of was like, <laughs> wish I'd done it sooner kind of thing. I think that the, we have seen that talk top before this season. I think the first game of the league season against Derby played Warden Rhodes as a pair, which suggests that, you know, it's it's something that's in his mind. And we've seen the 3-5-2 has, has worked a good effect in some games. You know, they played it against Sheffield United, for instance, got a positive result there, played it against Preston. I think for me, the three-five-two is probably a bit more solid. It's sort of it's built to to play on the break a bit better, um, which is I think why it specifically works well against Swansea because I think first half they they've done well on the counter attack, but in the second half it sort of stopped working. That things got a bit panicked and putting Jordan up top uh, helped help them get a bit more out of those counter attacks. Um, Whereas I think Carlos is, has been trying to sort of get a bit more control on games and maybe try and... It's a balance, isn't it? You know, if you're training your players on dominating games and having loads of the ball and, you know, try to be in control, then you're you're not doing as much work on the counter-attack and vice versa. So, yeah, it's it's different, different systems for different games, I suppose. But against a back four... Maybe you stick with the three, but again, it depends what personnel are available. You know, if Nelson Arnie's out or there's any other injuries or absences that we're not aware of just at the moment, um, then that could change things. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talked, Jonathan, about uh, going to Reading and it's not been a, a massively successful place for Huddersfield Town in recent years. I think it's 2015 that we last won at the Modesky. The home form on the flip side, you mentioned the couple of bright spots, the couple of wins that Reading have had recent or most recently. And like you said, they were impressive wins away at Swansea. We know how good Swansea are from the weekend, but the home form's not been good as of late in particular. I think it's October, the last win against Barnsley. Give us an insight into why you think that is. Is it is it something that away teams are doing on a consistent basis that's causing Reading a problem? Is it the general atmosphere when, when things aren't going well that can get on top of players? What's your view on that um i think it's probably more more the latter actually i think there there is a um i don't know whether it's kind of a, a nervousness or, or or tension um which which filters down to the to the players um from support was quite quickly um i wouldn't say reading fans are kind of overly demanding or anything but uh, what they do demand like uh, every single fan is uh effort and um you know a really real fighting spirit and, and, and a battle and uh, Reading players uh, haven't been showing that certainly in, in recent weeks. Um, so I think that that is a, a large factor of it. Um, and, you know, that, that once that happens for a couple of games, it, it kind of continues for, for, for a few home games. And, and then, you know, when you get walloped 7-0 by Fulham, for example, um, you yeah, know, that, that just takes a, uh, take another, another massive blow to the head. So, um yeah, it, it's been a struggle. Um, Reading historically don't really tend to start games too well either. Um, they usually take about 45 minutes to, to warm up. Uh, and by then, sometimes the, the game is gone. So um, certainly, um, you know, there's an element of that as well. The, the sort of playing style as well. The, uh, I mean, certainly last time against Luton, they, they weren't, they were rather defensive. Um, so if they can get a bit more attacking, a bit more on the front foot, uh, which they can do. They, they have done that this season, earlier on in the season. They they showed it quite a few times last season. Um, and when they have done that, they've done very well. Um, clearly, the, the personnel are, are not all the same. Um, you know, losing the likes of Michael Elise and Omar Richards over 
summer last year was uh, was a big player. They were two very influential players, and, and obviously we've talked about Yakimete and Lucas Shaw as well. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a combination of things of, of you know having that urgency and anger and desire to to start the game well. Uh, if they do that, um, then things go well. But uh, it's a big if at the moment, and, and unfortunately at the moment they if uh, you know if they do play with that, it, it's often um, too little, too late, and sides have uh, have got ahead and um, are not going to surrender a lead. Steve, we always like to to finish these with a Huddersfield Town perspective, and and you mentioned it earlier that Carlos will be going there, concentrating on what our players can do this weekend. After Swansea, there was a bit of disappointment after Swansea. I think it's undeniable. You know, the second half didn't go as we wanted. We got pegged back. We're coming to the game eight unbeaten. You know these stats. He's as good as anyone on these fronts. But as is always the answer, the last time we were nine unbeaten in all comps was 2016-17, which is the, the stock answer to every single question you get about Huddersfield Town and good runs. But if we can go nine unbeaten, if we can get the points on the board again, it just keeps that momentum ticking over, doesn't it, into what's going to be an important well, month period now, because the games do pick up again in terms of frequency pretty soon. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, this is the last uh, the last away game um, for a couple of weeks. Got three home games coming up, including the Cup. Um, sort of one of the big um, criticisms, maybe, is that since Carlos came in was that the away form wasn't great, but the last few get, I think it's four unbeaten on the road now, including Burnley. So... Um, you know, if they could, they could extend that, I think that's a big statement in itself, let alone the the wider run that extends over the home and away form. I think, obviously, we always say that any points away from home in this division are good. I think maybe this is one of those rare away games where you say we're targeting a win here. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously, the, the longer you can ride this wave of momentum, uh, the better, you know, we... I think form is sometimes a bit overstated, but, you know, obviously you always want to get keep getting points on the board and they'll be looking to do that at Reading. Absolutely. Guys, we'll let you go from there. Jonathan, thank you very, very much for joining us and giving us a perspective on our opponents this week and really appreciate all the best for the season. Stephen, thanks as ever. We will do at Reading on Saturday. Town fans, thanks for joining us. If you're not going to Reading this weekend, bear in mind you can listen to the, uh, the game match commentary from BBC Radio Leeds, either on Radio Leeds if you're in the area or on iFollow HCFC if you are not. A massive, massive thanks to Sports Broker again for their support in making these shows possible. We will see you on Saturday at the Medesi. Thanks, town fans.